Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, a podcast dedicated to spirituality and self-improvement. I am so excited that you are here with me today because we have a very special guest. Today we have with us Miss Nicole Frolic. She is also a podcaster. She hosts the weekly podcast Enlighten Up, and she is also a coach, and she's here today to talk to us about how to reconnect to our inner child and also how to bring back pieces of our soul that we lose when we go through trauma and traumatic experiences. So I cannot wait to talk to her today. Thank you so much, Nicole, for being here with us. Thanks for having me, Melissa. It's great to be here. It's so great to have you. And this is such a great topic. And I think so important because um, I don't know who among us has not gone through trauma at some point in our lives, but it seems like, especially with the pandemic and everything that's happening, more and more people are experiencing traumatic things and so i think that it's so important to do the healing work but a lot of people out there don't really know how to even get started sometimes and i think a big part of that is learning how to reconnect with our inner child because life's all about we want to have fun right we want to play we want to enjoy it and i think so many of us get stuck and bogged down with not being able to do that and so i'm glad you're here today to talk about that but before you get started i would love for you just to tell us a little bit about yourself yeah th thank you um the inner child work is like one of my favorites uh but for me i've just been invested in this whole healing and spiritual journey since i was a teenager uh i was always interested in alternative health and my actual healing journey started when I was 20 with a naturopath who did a lot of, um, she did like past life regression. She did uh, dolphin brain repatterning. She taught me how to use light and breathe it into my body. Like she taught me a lot of things really early in my twenties and meditation was something that I just naturally was able to drop into. And so you know, there, I'm sure a lot of people may relate to this. There's a part of us that wants so much to connect with this deeper part and this existential part of like life of like, there's got to be more meaning and who am I and all of that. But then also there's parts of us that are in such, um, in opposition to that, you know, and, and that a lot of that comes from our, our pain and our trauma from our childhood and, and so on. And so I struggled, I kind of oscillated be between um, this really deep desire to want to dive into more healing and understanding more about the unseen realm and, and energy and, and all of that stuff. But then also I was, I was a bartender, I was in the club scene and, and um, I mean, I was working in, in health as a massage therapist in my twenties. But so I kind of had this very, um, almost like a bipolar kind of life going on. And there was just this big struggle. And I remember actually, this isn't something I've talked too much about, but I remember I, because I now know because of a lot of my trauma earlier in my life, I drank a lot with my friends. And it wasn't like I would drink throughout the week, but when we go out on the weekends and I would drink and um, loved to do that. And I was always so worried that if I went on my healing path, that mean I'd have to give up, um, you know, maybe having fun or maybe having a glass of wine. And, uh, and I remember in my mid thirties, uh, that actually being, uh, something very difficult for me to kind of, um, 
kind of come to terms with. And so, and I think this is something that a lot of people go through where we struggle with, am I going to lose the parts of me that are, you know, kind of have fun, even though I want it to be in a healthy way, but can it be in a healthy way? And so for a lot, the last 25 years of my life has been learning how to establish this relationship of, of harmony between the parts of me that still like to have fun and like to have a glass of wine and, and, um, do all that, but also really dive deep into what my soul is here to do and the work I do. So I went through a big awakening when I was 31 by quit my job. I decided to go backpacking for almost a year and a half on my own and traveled various places around the world like Costa Rica, Panama, Bali, Europe, did a whole bunch of different things. And ultimately it kind of helped me form the foundations that that year and a half helped me form the foundations of everything that I'm doing now and really kind of awakened me to um, a deeper sense of my path. I feel like I've always been on the right path and I feel like most of us are, but I just had this thought today and I'm curious what you think, Melissa, because I realize I'm looking back on my life now because being in my mid forties, I'm like, okay, I can actually see how every little thing that I've done in my life is now coming together in this beautiful, intricate puzzle. And every part was necessary and meaningful, even the parts that I thought weren't going to be. Yeah. Like it's, and you, you sometimes, I don't know, like when, sometimes when you start to evolve and you start to move towards, um, more of your deeper work, you think like, oh, what was the point of all of that? Like, I just had to move through that because that was just part of my trauma. But no, like, I feel like some of the things that I've been through were actually not just necessary to get me to where I am, but now I understand that they're linking in and helping me ground even more into everything that I'm doing now. So it's, and this is kind of takes us into why it's so important to remember who we are and reclaim uh, what I call soul fractals, uh, parts of us that we've disavowed and parts of us that we're ashamed of, that we're fearful of people really not liking or, um, things that we're embarrassed about ourselves that we just would die if someone knew about us and learning that those parts actually could become our greatest strengths and possibly even some of the biggest gems in our, our treasure. Yeah, I agree with you 100% because I went through a lot in the first more than half of my life. Um, I had to go through a lot of trauma and it would be easy to say, well, why did I have to go through that? Or what was that all about? But I'm realizing that the reason that I had to go through what I had to go through is because I'm able now to help other people because I've been through what they've been through. And I've been able to use that to help other people work through the same kinds of trauma and be able to tell them, you know, like, you're going to survive this. It'll be okay. Like, we're going to get through this. Um, and it's, it's made me stronger and it's helped me in a lot of ways. And I agree with you in that. I think there's a purpose in everything. And I actually just started taking a coding course just for fun because I thought, oh, this seems like a really cool thing to do. And everything, every code that you put in links back to another code in the code. 
that tells, so it like tells the computer do this or do this and tells the program. It's kind of in that same way. It's like you go through one experience because later in life, you're going to draw back on that experience and what you've learned in order to step into, I think, to step fully into your power. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. And that's really cool about the coding. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm always of the belief you're never too old to learn a new skill. So if it's something seems like fun or whatever, just go for it and do it. Especially if you feel pulled to it. You just never know where it's going to lead you. Right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So now talk to us more about pulling back those pieces that you lose, because I think that's a real thing, too. I mean, I think we do sort of lose part of ourselves when we go through painful experiences. So how do we call that back? Oh, you know, a lot of it is you need to start the journey of self-love in order to be able to start this entire process. Cause if you're not on a journey of self-love or you don't, or you're not already in a position where you know how to love yourself, you're not going to be able to call back those fractals because those are the parts of you that need the most love. So the parts of us that we've actually abandoned, the parts of us that we think aren't valuable, the parts of us that we think were um, just painful, um, the things we just basically want to forget, leave in the past and hope they never come back to haunt us, which is never the case. It always comes back to haunt you, um, (laughs) is truly what's needed. And so taking that journey of self-love and learning how to be compassionate to those parts of you learning how to nurture yourself so you can then nurture those parts are all part of the journey. And so for me, like the inner child and the, and the soul fractal healing really go hand in hand because a lot of our rooted programs and trauma are all from like, you know, the really earlier years of our life. And it's not that you won't have stuff as as a teenager, as an adult, even now, But I find that when you can go back to reconnecting with that little boy or little girl inside you who um, desperately needs someone to to guide them and to help them out of the darkness that they've been kind of cast into to be in alone, that that is really important to understand who that part of you is and what is needed most. And So when you call these parts back, it means you've got to confront some of your fears. You've got to confront some of your darkness and shame and guilt and blame and all these different things that we carry throughout our life and actually end up shaping a lot of the reasons why we make the certain choices that we do when we don't even understand why we're making them. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to really start changing how you're choosing to live your life, going back to inner child healing or even soul fractal healing is, I think, really um, key and paramount. I heard something the other day that I thought was really interesting. I heard a man talking about when people have like hyper independence so they think they have to do everything on their own and they Mm. can't ask for help or when someone gives them a compliment and it actually makes them uncomfortable rather than you know normally if you get a compliment you think oh thank you that's so nice it actually makes someone uncomfortable that those are results of 
traumas that we carry that we haven't healed yet and is also a result of not having that self-love and the self-esteem and all of those things. And I think that that is one way that a lot of people probably don't realize that they're behaving that is a result of trauma, that having to do everything yourself, not being able to rely on anyone else, um, and also not being able to accept a compliment, or I, I just think that that's so much more common than people realize. Oh, well, it was me for a large part of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, same. I felt like I always have to do everything and realizing that I don't, that it's okay to ask for help when you need it. Um, and I think that's a big thing. So if there's people out there listening who are saying, oh, wow, I feel attacked. I feel like you just called me out. Um, what are some ways, though, that they could start trying to work on that self-love and reconnect to that? Because to me, it's all about, in my opinion, loving that inner child because mm -hmm. you felt in some way you didn't get the love that you needed or deserved. And it, I think sometimes in some cases, it's the perception that we have as children that our parents didn't love us or whatever. It doesn't necessarily have to be that your parents didn't love you, but we might feel as children that they don't have time for us or they have this or that. And as a child, you don't know how to process that. So then it just kind of gets processed as, oh, I'm, I'm unlovable or I'm a burden or this or that. So how as an adult can someone then go back and try to love that inner child and reconnect to that inner child in order to heal that inner child. So one of the, what I do with my clients when they start working with me to really heal that inner child is I take them on a journey, a meditative journey. I'll actually guide them through a meditation uh, where it's first, what I do is I get them really into their body. You need to be in your body in order to properly heal, but also to amplify the healing uh, effects on the old programs. So in order to rewire your whole body, your system, your nervous system, you're going to have to be in your body. Um, I will say the first thing without a doubt that you need to do is you got to somehow feel safe. <laughs> And so what I do with um, my clients is I've asked them to think of a place that they loved to go to, or that they remember as a child, where they not only felt safe, but they really loved going to and, um, and it could be anything, you know, and, and if a client doesn't have a place that they can recall, remember, I said, did you anything in your imagination? Did you go into your imagination and go somewhere? And did you fantasize and like pretend that you were somewhere, you know, that works too. And so, you know, for me, it was the forest. I loved playing in the forest. And so I will, um, I always met up with my inner child when I first started my healing with her there. And so what I do is um, first, before you even meet up with your inner child, I get you to one, get into your body through some breath work. And then, uh, I get you to like, take your place mentally through your third eye imagination to go to that place. And before your inner child even gets to be invited in, 
I get you to connect with every surrounding, like all of it. And not even just the stuff you can physically touch, but the stuff that you can't. So like the air temperature, is it sunny out? Is it not, you know, like what are the colors around you? Can you smell anything if you're outside or if you're inside, is there a certain scent that you remember? And then I get you to start running your hands over things so that you can start to feel things. Um, what this does is it starts to activate the mind because your mind starts seeing these things and your body starts to feel like it's actually there. The mind believes that it's actually there. And so once you're there, I get my client to turn to the left and see their inner child. And I'll ask my client, what age did your inner child just appear to you as? Because I don't ask you to go into a specific age range. I let the inner child guide that part. I feel like the inner child is going to let us know what needs to be addressed first. And so I get them to take note of the age, the hairstyle, any clothing that you might recall, like what, what kind of clothes are they wearing? Do you remember anything, you know, and just kind of really bring in some of that nostalgic understanding. I remember when I first saw my inner child show up. I had my mom, oh, she gave us the bowl cut. Okay. Like she would literally, she had four kids. <laughs> and so I remember, this is so crazy too. I actually remember feeling really ugly as a kid. And it wasn't until I was 31 through a very deep meditative process um, of 10 days of silent meditation that I actually was brought home to remembering how um, beautiful I am as a soul and remembering that inner beauty and feeling beautiful for the first time in my whole life. So I was 31 was actually really sad to me. And so when I, and I, then that's what kickstarted my whole self-love journey. So then when I reconnected with my inner child, eight years later, um, and I remember seeing her and I remember the dress she was wearing and I saw her hair and I kind of looked at her. She came to me around six years old. And I remember thinking, damn, you're so cute. You're so cute. Right. And I was like, oh, and that just brought tears to my eyes. And I'm like, because I started to look at her like I would another kid, you know, not from the place of self-judgment and all of that. And so when you actually meet up with your inner child, I'll go through this process of, you know, um, does your inner child have anything to say to you? How are they interacting with you? Are they scared? Are they sad? Are they angry? Are they indifferent? You know, all these different things. And then I see if there's an opportunity to start interacting. And sometimes the inner child will want to share things with you verbally. Sometimes they don't know what to say. They say silent. But in, in any case, I always say, if all else is failing, ask them if they want to play, you know, what, what, and, and re-engage them to show you what it is that they really want to do. So for instance, I've had clients that will want to go to the park or, um, play with animals, or, you know, for me, it was like, I want to go to the river and play with the frogs, you know? So they're interacting with the inner child that way starts to bring down both people's like both your adult self and your inner child self's defenses so that you start to really um just remember the essence of you know just being and what i've often seen is that 
especially with my inner child, she'll just start saying things to me and out of the blue in, in my meditation where, and there'll just be so simple, like just a few words. Um, one thing I can remember her saying to me when we were, I love to climb trees. So we were sitting in a tree on a big branch and she was sitting in front of me and our legs kind of straddled over the side and she was leaning into me. And then all, like all of a sudden she just turns around she looks at me and she says, do we, are we okay? And I said, yeah, of course we're okay. We're doing great right now. You have nothing to worry about. And she's like, do, do we do anything bad? And that just like, it came out of nowhere and it just, all these emotions started to come out of me and I'm like, Whoa, what is this? And I realized that I had this program that if I'm bad, no one will love me. And so, um, I had to be a good girl, you know, in order to get love. And, and I said, no, you haven't done anything wrong. Well, fast forward three or four years. And I start to recall sexual abuse as a child around that age of five or six. And I remember feeling like, did I deserve this? Did I do something bad to bring this on to me? Like, you know, and so you start to uncover these layers just by listening. And, and I think the inner child holds so much wisdom. If we allow that part of us to speak at the level that the inner child is at. And for me, I found that she's become one of my greatest guides and she really kind of knows where to show me when I'm kind of cutting off opportunities or not allowing myself to connect with other people in the ways that are true to my own spirit. Um, and so that's kind of like how I start the healing process with the inner child. I think that's really fascinating, but I think that is such a great way to start because uh, for most of us, I think as children too, we weren't allowed to speak freely or say what we needed to say. Or I think just the fact that you allow your inner child to speak and to say what needs to be said, I think that in and of itself has to feel incredibly freeing and healing. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I remember I had this client and, um, I took her through a reconnection meditation and she also was, it's, and it's very common that we struggle to find our voice. Um, especially if we feel a little different, especially if, um, w you know, there's things that are of importance to say. And so she really struggled in her family. There was a lot of, um, oh, we don't really want to listen to what you're saying or what you're saying isn't important. And this happens a lot. Right. And so within her, she also wanted to be in the forest. And it was funny because I said, I want you to put a pretend that there's a stage in the forest and she loved animals. So I said, call in all the animals of the forest and have them kind of watching her on the stage and give her a microphone and tell her that whatever she wants to say, everyone is listening and everyone is excited to hear what she has to say. And she was 
because in this particular instance, like the inner child was very eager to do this. Mm -hmm. And so she felt so happy. I could see it even in my client while we were kind of going through this, that there was just this joy opening up and this remembrance of her joy to actually speak and be heard and on all of that and to feel free to just say whatever she wanted and that everyone was wanting to hear what she had to say. And so it's, you know, reconnecting with your voice and opening up that throat chakra is so important because the throat chakra, it holds our truth. It's not just about communication. Essentially it's about truth. And so when we lose our sense of being able to communicate or voice anything where we feel shut down, what happens is the truth of who we are is shut down. And so opening up the throat chakra is really integral to the healing process. Yeah. It definitely is. And the one thing that I feel like I notice with my clients too is when they don't feel safe to speak up, they're not speaking their truth, they tend to get stuck in a lot of different areas of their lives. They get stuck in relationships where they don't feel noticed or appreciated or valued. They get stuck in jobs, again, where they don't feel fulfilled, they don't feel valued. And I think a lot of that has to go, it goes back to not being able to speak fully or freely and feeling like they can't speak their truth. So I really love that you take clients. That's a really great example of taking your client out to the forest with the animals and allowing her to speak freely and be happy about it. Because I think that that's definitely something a lot of people need to work on is, is opening up that throat chakra and being able to speak their truth. Yeah. I mean, if you remember most of us as kids, you know, we talked to our stuffed animals or, you know, if we had pets, you'd talk to your pets or, you know, if you went to the zoo, you would talk to the animals in the zoo. Like, it's just a very natural thing for children where children are so open. They can communicate in ways that we forget as adults. And so that was like a really cool way. So anyone out there who really kind of resonates with that, it might be a great way to start opening your voice with by connecting to your inner child in that way. Yeah, I would love to know if anybody out there tries that, if that works for them, because it's a really great tip and tool, which I'm all about finding awesome tools that you can use to help you improve every area of your life. So that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us. Great story. Yeah, no, I mean, the inner child work, what's so cool about it is when you go back in time to um, perhaps um, you either go back to a trauma event where you can literally rewrite the story. Um, And this is where you really do want someone to kind of guide you through the process initially for sure, um, because it can get really scary and handholding by someone who you trust and feel um, you feel the ability to be vulnerable with is, is really important, but like you can go back in time, literally time travel back to an event and you as your adult self can show up and rewrite the script. And if it was a parent or another adult or something that happened where the child couldn't defend themselves or they needed, they needed like another voice there to back them up or to tell even maybe if it was like your parents just arguing in front of you all the time, arguing like that's real, that actually shuts down the voice. Uh, the throat chakra is constant arguing, even if they're not arguing with you, you're just being exposed to it and kind of going back to a trauma point that is important to use. And it's going to be significant because you can recall it, you know, like, and it may seem insignificant to you as the adult, 
But if you can recall it, it's likely significant to your inner child. And so it's always, it's always important to remember that when you're doing this work, you've got to remove the perspective of the adult of like, I don't think it was that big of a deal because you as the adult have all the tools and the conscious awareness today to know how to navigate some of those emotions, but your inner child didn't have any of that. I mean, you don't even have a conscious mind until you're seven. Does it even start to begin to form? And so that's the level of, um, uh, of development that is, you know, holding on to that trauma. So you've got to remember it's the little boy or girl inside you that you've got to look through the lens through. And I will say that another important step in healing, and this is something I have to, without a doubt, almost every single time have to go over with a client is they will always want to defend their parents, um, or protect their parents. I should even say, uh, while they talk about what's happened. So for instance, if, you know, maybe you had an alcoholic father, okay. And you're like, no, but he, you know, he worked hard and I know he loved me and he never, you know, did anything to me, but you'll go through all these ways of trying to explain why your dad was a good dad. Okay. And I'm just using that as an example. And I said, you know, what I always say is you've got to remember that the inner child work is not about demonizing your parents. This is about allowing the inner child to have a voice and a perspective that is heard and seen and validated and really knowing that the child inside of you has never had that validation You've got to come from the perspective of it doesn't matter if my mom or my dad is a good mom or dad or a bad mom or dad. It's not about that. It's not even about them. This is about the inner child. And you've got to put all your resources into protecting and helping the inner child, which means you've got to be willing to validate their experience. And so making those excuses and all of that and pretending like, you know, what happened wasn't that bad because now, you know, like, oh, well, this is what my parents went through and all that. And it's like, of course, that's good to know as, as an adult, but that little boy or girl inside you really needs the validation for their feelings and their experience. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's important to understand too, that in many cases, parents tried to do the best that they could, but they came from situations too, that maybe weren't the best. And a lot of times parents do what their parents did. And so even if it's not the best parenting style, I mean, we don't get classes on parenting. That would be fabulous if you did, but we don't. And so I, you know, people need to understand that it isn't about trying to make your parents out to be bad people because I don't think that they are. And I think it's just one of those things that we come here and it's like you have this great plan. You're going to come here and you're going to do all these things. And then we get here and it's like, oh, what plan? And things just happen. But it is important to go back and do that inner healing and the healing of the inner child. I mean, it's so important. Yeah. I think the hardest emotion for people to move through is anger. And, you know, like, I've got a fantastic relationship with my dad now. I love him so much. And he did such a good job as a dad in the best way that he knew how, but he wasn't perfect and he had his own faults. And there were certain things that I remember as a kid that really hurt me. 
And I had to be willing to get angry at him in some of my healing in order to get to the place where I can now like love him so deeply and exactly for who he is and not need to change him as a dad and to love both his faults and his achievements as a father. And so, but you can't get there by faking it. You know, you get there by total acceptance. And the only way you can go and get to total acceptance of someone else is total acceptance of you, which means you've got to accept the fact that there might be some anger in there that you've got to feel and you have to release it. And so I think that that's just, there's just so much we learn through this whole process of healing and validating our own experiences. Like there's no way we can learn how to use our anger in a healthy way if we're not willing to confront it in from its unhealthiest point of view. Yeah. And you have to get those emotions out because they don't go anywhere. They just stay trapped in the body, which then in turn can turn into illness and self-sabotaging behaviors too. Oh uh, yeah, totally. It really does. It's like, um, I'm, I'm hosting a retreat in two weeks and my, um, girlfriend who's flying in to help me facilitate, she just, it's so cool because we're going to be doing a lot of this soul fractal reclamation at the retreat and we're going to be working with trauma. And so she just called me the other day and she's like, I got to tell you something happened to me last night. I said, what? She goes, I was on my bike. She lives in New Zealand. She was on my bike and I got hit by a car at like 50 miles an hour. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, oh my God, are you okay? Like, you know, and, and she's like, no, I'm totally fine. Um, She goes like, she goes, I think I had to like help the, the driver, like, like, you know, work through some of his trauma of hitting me. And um, she goes, but here's what's really cool. She goes, because I heard this the other day and I utilized it. And she goes, this is why we do all the work. This is why we train ourselves. And we, you know, she goes, all trauma is, is stored. Um, it can't be trauma if it's not stored in the body, right? So if you don't allow it to, if you move through the trauma and you start healing it as it happens, it can't get stored in your body, which means it's not trauma. It's just pain. And then you, you release it. And so that's so cool. So what she did was she just kept talking to her body. She's like, okay. And she started moving through it all and she felt it. And she's like, okay. And she started looking at everything just from a different perspective. And I thought it was so cool. She's like, I woke, she's like, I woke up today and my body barely even hurts. She goes, I feel really great. And I'm like, cause you didn't hold on to it. So it's not storing anywhere in your body, which is really cool. And I remember I dated this guy, um, last year and he was telling me how, um, he, he was, he's a total adrenaline junkie and of course gave his mother, you know, all the heart attacks in the world that a, a guy could do when he's a kid. Basically, I met, he was, he was two and he climbed a ladder to the top of the roof and was just sitting up there when the mother came out to look for him. And she's like, how did you get up there? She's like freaking out. But he, I think he broke his arm when he was, I don't know, six or seven years old. And he says, I, I go, did it hurt? Oh my gosh. What, like that, that's a big, that's a big break. He goes, yeah. He goes, but to be honest, I didn't really, it didn't hurt. I didn't think anything of it until I looked around and saw everyone else's reaction. And then I started like going, oh, what happened to me? <laughs> and that's how we are with a lot of our pain is like, we're taking on these collective programs or you know, um, projected programs that have been instilled in us through parents, what we've seen on TV, you know, friends, everything. And we take those on and we reenact them. 
when really we have the opportunity to look at things from a completely different perspective, which will totally change our reality and then change the way our body responds to everything. It's so true. And I hope your friend is okay. That's yeah, no, she's okay. She's coming. She's like, she's totally good. <laughs> good. That's a great example though. I mean, it's so true. If we, a lot of times I think hold on to things that then cause us to suffer when if we just work through the emotion and then learn how to be able to get angry, then forgive, and then be able to work through to let it go, we would be so much better off. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very important to learn the process of letting go. And that is so hard for anyone out there. Who's probably like you and I, cause I get, a, I get the sense that you and I are probably really similar in that we're type A personalities, you know, we love to do, do, do push, 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 you know, like, don't worry, I got it. I'll take care of it. Don't worry. Just give it, give it to me. I'll, I'll handle it, you know? Yeah. And, um, learning to let go <laughs> is what I'm finding. One of the most powerful parts of this entire journey. Yeah, it definitely is. And it's, it's a, a difficult thing to do if you're not used to doing it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much for being here. This was such a fascinating and interesting conversation. And I know it's going to help so many people out there. And if you have people out there listening, who'd love to check out your podcast, because you host your own podcast weekly called enlighten up or maybe they would like to work with you. What's the best way for them to do that? Um, they can find me at my website, nicolefrolic.com, um, or through all my social media, which is just my name, Nicole Frolic, um, Instagram, YouTube, um, TikTok. But if um, my podcast is called Enlighten Up, and it comes out every Tuesday evening, uh, it's on YouTube, it's on all the different podcast platforms. So uh, if you're interested in listening to that, uh, I've got lots of content there. We've been going for six years. So, awesome. uh, yeah. And if you'd like to work with me, then, um, you can email me Nicole at Nicole or just visit my website and check it out. And we'll have all those links in the show notes too. So if you're listening while you're driving, just go back to this later in the show notes and you can click on the links to get to the podcast and the website and all the social media links. So thank you again for being here with us today. Um, I really, truly appreciate you being here and what you do, because I think it's so incredibly important. Thank you, Melissa, for having me. It was a pleasure. I want to thank you guys for being here with us today as well. As always, we can't do this podcast if we have no one here listening. So I really appreciate all of you out there. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. And as always, the greatest compliment you can pay me is to share this podcast with those you think might benefit. If you want to join my Patreon page, you can join with a free trial and you can see the video of this interview. I'd love to have you over there. Plus, we do a free card reading each week and it's such a fun and supportive group. The link is in the show notes if you want to join with a free trial. Love to see you over there. As always, I hope you guys have a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. I'm sending you so much love and light and I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys. <music>